Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Since 2012, Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance and I have been airing inspiring, insightful conversations with all kinds of change agents who are raising the vibration on our planet. It's the intention of this show to, well, explore possibilities and shift perspectives in holistic spiritual ways. You'll hear how these experts discover and share their deepest passions to make a bigger difference in the world. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play. And please rate the show so other people can find us too. We'll introduce today's guest in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. <laughs> the funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate geek to english for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with techlifebalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. Sarah Prophet is a health and mindset coach whose journey of transformation began in her early 20s. After fighting with negative self-talk and a negative body image, she decided to change her behavior and help other women transform. Now Sarah lives on an organic farm, coaches and teaches sustainability. And that's not just sustainability with the environment, but also sustainability within. She encourages us to create a practice that silences our inner critic for good. You can find her online at sarahprofit.com. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. So nice to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. We actually caught you in your last little bit of a visit to the United States, didn't we? Yes. Yes. I leave tomorrow morning. (laughs) Well, uh, you said that you've kind of enjoyed your stay, but it was interesting what we were talking about before we started the show about access to to holistic things here, you mentioned that you were kind of wanting some supplements for some stuff that you've got going on with your health. And we talked about even though you live in a place where you do things organically and you have a sustainable farm, it's not always 
convenient to hop out in the forest and forage for your medicine plants, is it? Yes, exactly. It is much more convenient <laughs> to hop on Amazon and um, order some fermented cod liver oil than yeah. trying to find the fisherman who's <laughs> draining a fish and ciphering off the oil um, and waiting for that to be done in the sun. It's much more <laughs> easy to go and order the pills online. Yeah, really. Well, and we, you know, <laughs> we who are trying to become more sustainable ourselves and and make more of our own products and do more of our own things. We can do our best to have some of that stuff tucked away in case we get sick or we fall on hard times and need it, but we're not always ahead of the curve. So it's kind of nice to to consider that we do have a lot of conveniences here that make it easier to take care of ourselves and our health. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Well, so you've had a visit and now you're going back home, but you grew up here, right? Yes, I grew up in Florida in a small town. What in the world prompted you down this course to end up leaving the country? So I went with a friend. Um, she had just graduated college and I asked her where she wanted to go. Um, I told her I'd buy her a plane ticket and we would just go somewhere. And we picked Costa Rica. And we arrived in Costa Rica, decided we didn't like it. Like literally the first night, the first couple hours we were there just didn't feel right. And so we looked on a map and was like, where's the closest country? And it was Nicaragua. And so we traveled there. We went to Nicaragua. And within the first, I would say, two days, it was a month-long trip, I was like, I'm coming back here. I'm moving here. And my friend was like, you're crazy. This <laughs> you, never, you don't even know the language, the culture. You didn't even know this like country was here until we entered two days ago. And um, something about it just really drew me in. And so we flew back to Florida and I basically gave everything or sold some things. And within two months, I was back in Nicaragua. (laughs) Wow. And by yourself in a country where you didn't know anyone and you didn't know the language? Yes. I just (laughs) um, had this feeling and I had met this guy who is now my husband And I just had a feeling. And so I went back and um, got a job as a surf instructor, um, probably about a week before I was going to arrive in the country because I thought, oh, I'll probably need some sort of income. (laughs) And I got a job as a surf instructor. It was basically a dream. You know, I was just kind of working as a waitress and I didn't really have anything that was allowing me to like express any sort of passion or do anything that I felt really good about. it was like Groundhog Day every day, basically. And I was like, oh, this I don't want to do this. And so that's when I was like, OK, I'm just going to just going to do it. And um, I definitely got some backlash from friends and family. <laughs> like yeah. that was not an easy thing to convince people um, that this was the right thing to do. Well, and it must have made your parents nervous. You know, what, what do you mean you're going down there by yourself? I would yes. think they might have been afraid yes. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my parents were super nervous. I had a dog at the time and I brought him also with me. So I basically showed up um, in Nicaragua with my dog. And I think I had one suitcase and a backpack. And I showed up in that town um, and basically went to the surf shop to the guy, um, to my husband now, and was like, hey, can you help me find an apartment? And that's how that's how it all started. (laughs) That's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Not to jump around in your story too much, although that's the kind of mind I have at ping pong. So I, I love my audience that can ping pong with me. But 
I know that you do a lot of work or you've talked about that you healed a lot of negative self-talk, negative body image. I'm not hearing that at all. I'm hearing a woman that thinks that she can go to a foreign land and just hold her own. So did you do that work before this happened or was this part of that? Yeah. So I think, so this, that trip, um, was definitely on the tail end of that. So all of those experiences about kind of that negative self-talk that was in my early twenties, um, even in my late teens. And so those negative experiences and kind of that mindset of you're not worth anything. You, you will never be successful. Um, that was in the tail end of that. And even with moving and giving up, you know, what people think is the ideal life, going to college, making money, having your own house, having a car, all these things um, that people perceive as successful, I knew in my heart and in my intuition that that wasn't what was making me successful. It was that internal work that I had been doing. And so on that tail end of that moving, it was like that final step of you are worthy to do whatever you want and there is nothing holding you back. But I'll tell you that there was a ton of people telling me that this move, that this next step that I was taking was I was going to fail. I was never going to be successful. My self-worth was basically being equal to all of these external factors. And I knew in my heart that that was not what was going to make me successful or how I would feel good about myself. Well, good for you for saying this American dream isn't my dream and creating something else for yourself because there's a lot of people, and I think age does come into play for some of us, but there's a lot of people that can't figure out how to shift gears. Once they rig- figure out the American dream isn't their dream, they have no idea what to do to kind of translate over and still take care of themselves. And you seem to have just kind of jumped off a cliff and flown, so to speak. I'm I'm delighted yeah. with your story. Let's back up just a little bit then and talk about that negative self-talk because it sounds like you healed in your teens and 20s what some people carry a lot longer. How did you start to catch that and kind of rewrite those scripts for yourself? Yeah, that is actually a really good way to put it is rewriting your script or rewriting your story. So for a really long time, my story was I was never thin enough. I was never smart enough. Um, and this stems from, you know, back in high school when I played soccer and the coach wouldn't put me on the field. And so that equated with, um, I'm not good enough. I don't, and it just spiraled, you know, in relationships, I would get in relationships with people that were really emotionally and physically abusive. And that would equal, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy. And that negative self-talk of you need to lose weight, you need to, and at that time I was a size zero. I wasn't, you know, this wasn't someone that was overweight or anything like that it was more of just this really hard mental picture that I had of myself and how I was able to come out of that is using um, positive affirmations use and like really like honestly sitting in front of the mirror and like you know a lot of the times fully naked just fully expressing myself and looking at myself and instead of looking at the flaws which was what I would normally do um, and these are mental flaws, emotional flaws, physical flaws, all the flaws. <laughs> um, it was looking at myself and saying, you are beautiful and you are worthy. And at first they were lies. They were like complete and utter lies. I didn't believe it. There was no part of me that believed that that could be true. 
But when you continue telling yourself these positive things, it's just the same as negative. When you keep telling yourself these negative things, you believe it. And when you continue to tell yourself these positive things, not only do you start to believe it, others believe it about you too. And that was what I think was the biggest step for me was that I started to believe it. And I noticed how others started to treat me was differently, treated with more respect, treated with more worthiness. You know, people didn't make those comments of you need to lose weight or you're ugly or you need to change the color of your hair or whatever kind of comments people make. I wasn't receiving those comments anymore because I was so confident in myself. I just want to backtrack in case anybody missed that. Even a woman who's a size zero can believe that she needs to lose weight and she's fat. Because, you know, (laughs) I've never been a zero. I couldn't be a zero in my wildest dreams. So for me, who easily puts on weight and carries weight, I feel like that that's something that tends to happen to those of us who are larger or who more easily carry weight. We can't imagine that the size zeros of the world could ever have that low self-esteem around weight. So I think it's so powerful that you share that and we can go, oh, this is a universal thing, especially I think for women with what we're fed through the media and through comments by others and scrutinizing eyes. So I want to go to the part where you said that you were doing the affirmations in the mirror and at first you felt like you were lying to yourself. I couldn't get past that part. Affirmations don't work for me because I can't stand to lie to myself. I feel like if I look in the mirror and lie to myself or believe I'm lying to myself, then how can I be authentic with others? So I more have to look for what I do believe and expand that until I believe it more and more. And I have to find the nugget of truth and feed that. But how did you manage to do it in a place where you felt like you were telling yourself lies? Yeah, that's a good question. It, you know, it was like, it, it felt like a lie, but there was a very, like, very small part of me that was like, this is true. This has to be true. Like, there is, there, it, there has to be one part of you that actually believes this. And there would, it, it, it's like that glimmer when you walk, um, maybe you're feeling really bad about yourself and you put on you know, one of your favorite outfits and you do your makeup and you do your hair and you walk past the mirror and you're like, oh, hmm, who's that? Who's that lady? And you, and you know, and then when you really look at yourself, you're like, oh, it's the same person. I just changed my clothes. Right. But you had that little sliver of like, oh no, I am beautiful. And I think that was what it was for me. It's like, I would have these moments of these little slivers of like, no, you're, you are beautiful. You are worthy. You are, um, you know, everything that you want to be successful, whatever, all these words that we can use. And I think it was like having those little sliver of moments, which we all have. We all have those little slivers where someone says, oh, wow, your hair looks nice today. You know, it's not, not everybody is always so negative. And there's that one little moment that you can take. And I just would always bring it back to that every time was like, nope, remember that time you looked in the mirror? Remember that photo you felt really good in? Remember that really nice hair day you had? I mean, it was just really little things um, that I would remember. And I would just bring that into the positive affirmations and just really hold space. But in the same time, hold space for that negativity because it has something in our life. That negative self-talk has something. Where did it come from? Why are we saying that? And it was for me, it was working back. Okay, where did this start? And how did I feel before I started feeling that negative way? That's a really good point. And it, I think we see it more easily in small children when it's not ourselves and we can look back or interact with other small children and see how there's this age that they're at where they don't think there's anything in the world wrong with them. 
and they don't think there's anything in the world wrong with you until somebody tells them otherwise. And that used to be us, right? So there Mm -hmm. was a time when we all saw the perfection in the world and the beauty in the world before other people's opinions and comments and often unconscious hurtful things we absorbed those and started to believe them. So you're absolutely right. We all had that point in our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, how now looking forward as you're working through some of this stuff, how would you catch yourself? Because I think a lot of negative self-talk, like everything is just a habit, right? And so it's creating the habit of positive self-talk. It's creating habits that help us catch ourselves so that we're not beating ourselves up unconsciously. How did you stay alert to that stuff? Yeah, it's a good question. I, um, you know, you can you can start to see when you would get in that, um, like the spiral starting, I guess you would call it. So where you would, you know, for me, it was like I'd walk past a mirror or something or somebody would say um, something to me and I could be like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I do need to lose a little bit of weight or maybe I do need to dye my hair again. And then I, you know, and then I would look at myself and, you know, I'd be like, oh, hell no. No, 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 no. Like, we're not going there anymore. Like, that's, you know, because I'm not saying that it doesn't still happen, right? We can't, we're not ever going to get rid of all of the negative talk and be these positive people all the time. And it may not be about my physical um, appearance now, but it may be about something else that's going on in my business or going on in my personal life. And now it's like, I just catch myself right from the get go. And I, you know, if I'm busy, if I'm, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I take at least a few seconds and just, reframe it. I, that is one of my favorite things to do is reframe. And just, you know, if I say like, Oh, like I just, um, my, my eyebrows do not look good. I don't know why it's like a thing, you know, now people's eyebrows and I'm like, my eyebrows don't look like that. And I'm like, so my eyebrows look great the way they are. Who cares what other people think or what, you know, what they look like they're fine. Um, and so I think now it's like all about just reframing that negativity and not continuing on with it. Stopping it in its tracks, saying thanks, but no thanks, and moving on. Excellent advice. Thank you for sharing that. I want to kind mm-hmm. of move forward now and and look at what you've created. So you left the States and you went there to Nicaragua by yourself and you met your husband and now you have an organic farm and you're all about sustainability. So I guess I want to start by saying, what does sustainability mean to you? Um, sustainability... I mean, sustainability is about, it's not about finding a way that you don't have to use any other sort of resources that you can't create yourself. For me, sustainable, a sustainable lifestyle is a lifestyle that you can continue doing. So sustainability to me doesn't look the same. My sustainable is not somebody as the same as somebody that lives in the middle of New York City. It never will be because I live on a farm. (laughs) And so I have access to um, fresh milk and we, you know, we can have a garden and fresh chickens or eggs or whatever it may be. Um, but sustainability for me is being able to live the same way and adapt to your surroundings, whatever those may be. That's really important. I think I, and I think you've touched on why going back to beauty and diet and weight, I think you've touched on why most of these fad diets don't work. They're not sustainable. People go on them, Mm -hmm. they go off them, they gain all the weight back and then some, they feel worse than they did before they started. I think we're reaching a place because I'm hearing sustainability more and more. And I hope that as a culture, many of us are starting to reach a place where it's not about what fad can I try next. It's about 
What can I do that I can actually live with for the rest of my life? What changes can I make that I can live with? I have a friend who has the 80-20 rule, you know, 20% of the time I eat eat whatever or I do whatever. And the other 80% of the time, I'm really conscious about what I'm doing for my health. And that's how she is sustainable. So I, I like those little tricks. What does sustainability look like for you? How did you end up with an organic farm? Was that always important to you? Yeah. So that was like a dream. I'm really, really into manifesting and vision boards. It's something that has been a part of my life now for about 10 years. And um, I I really specifically remember telling someone when I started getting on this kick, I was probably like 18, 19. And I was like, I want an organic farm. And I was working in a restaurant at the time. I was 19. I was in college. I was living, you know, in the city. Like there was nowhere ever that it would be feasible for me to own organic farm where I produced all my own food. And I remember telling this guy that I worked with, I, I'm going to send you a picture of me holding my first chicken. And he was like laughing hysterically. Like there's no, I can't ever see you doing that because at that time I was kind of a party girl. I would go out and drink and do all these crazy things. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, like it's on my vision board. It's going to happen. And, um, and so, yeah, I just, I just held that vision and held that, you know, the, that, that is what I wanted. I wanted to have this organic farm and I wanted to have animals and I wanted my kids or my have a daughter. I wanted her to grow up with, you know, this freedom of being able to do whatever you want and knowing where milk comes from. Milk doesn't come from the store. Milk comes from a cow. And I wanted that. I wanted to be able to make that connection and share that with other people, too. Um, along with my family and friends, but just having people make that connection of where does your food come from? It doesn't come from the store. Where specifically? Like, do you know the farmer? Do you know, um, you know, the the plant or the animal that these things are coming from? And so that was really, really important to me when I started my journey. And I just had this vision and I never let go of it. <laughs> I love that you brought up the manifesting and the vision boards because I forgot. I think we actually might have become connected through an Abraham Hicks group on Facebook or something. But yes. yeah, that is some powerful stuff. So was this all a good fit with your husband when you met him? Did you start to tell him your dreams and he wanted the same thing and you guys created this together? Yeah. So he um, he's from Nicaragua and he owned um, or his family owns a big property. And the first night I hung out with him, he was like, I've got to go drop off some money to my my farm workers. And I was like, what? Do you own a farm? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. Like, we're like, I'm never leaving you. Like, <laughs> you're stuck with me now. So, um, yeah, he, you know, he grew up on a farm. He grew up um, just producing all their own food using every part of, you know, every animal plant, you know, all the things that I wanted to do. That's how he grew up. And so it is his dream and is still his dream to own a farm and be able to produce enough food or whatever we're doing um, to be sustainable and not have to have any sort of outside business. That is the business. And that is how we make money and are able to do the things that we want to do. So his dream was definitely the same as mine. (laughs) That is so fun. So was part of your vision board to manifest a husband to help do this with you? 
No, not at all. But it just, you know, happened to all fall in place. So that was great. It worked out awesome. <laughs> you know, that's one of those examples where the universe dreams a bigger dream for us than we dream for ourselves. We can put what we know out there and then we're, we do so much better to let it go and let what comes back just amaze and delight us, right? Oh, I so agree with that. It's like every single time I put something on my vision board or I'm trying to manifest something, it never comes in the form um, of how I think it's going to come. And it's, I think it's letting go of that how yeah. that we all have to do, even in any and anything, in any part of our life. It's like, let go of the how because it'll probably come in a way different form than you could have ever imagined. Well, this is a really good topic. I think a lot of people are playing with this right now. So why don't, if you can think of another example to share with us of kind of how you've manifested from a vision board state or from just carrying the vision within, is it always something that you put tangibly onto a board or do you manifest ideas into being without having to go through that step? Yeah, I don't always put things on a board, but I am a super visual person. And so they're really helpful for me. This past year, I was really, really focusing on working online. Like I wanted to be able to take my business or work for a company, whatever it was online, because um, we were traveling back and forth from the States to Nicaragua, working in the States and going back to Nicaragua and then working in the States, going back. And that was really difficult, not only for our family, um, but, you know, we had a farm for our animals. It was just, it's really difficult living six months in one place and six months in the other. It's not sustainable. (laughs) And so we, um, I just was like, no more, I'm not doing this anymore. And I basically made a declaration of like, this will not be our life anymore. We will make our living in Nicaragua. And I made a declaration and then I made this vision notebook um, because we travel. So I travel so often I couldn't have a vision board because I can't take my board everywhere, but I can take my notebook. And so I made this notebook and I put um, basically my dream job, work from anywhere, the amount of money I wanted to make, just all these things on this one page. And I think I held that for about a month And then I had, it was like six or seven job offers. And I, you know, I directly related to manifesting and holding that vision and never letting it go. There was never a moment. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just knew what I wanted and I never let that vision go. So what do you say to somebody that might have a hard time with that or might not be experiencing the same results from the process that you are? What what does that process look like? How do you hold the vision that it just magically manifests? Yeah, I like that you say magically manifest because it's hard work, right? We don't, <laughs> I think a lot of people think of manifesting as like, you know, I just put a, you know, a magazine picture on a notebook and that's it, right? And that's not the case. It's like, what is it that you're holding your vision for? For me, it was working being able to make enough money so that I can live in Nicaragua full time. And for me, it looked like an online something. And so, but I wasn't holding on to that particular, I was just holding on to what I I truly honestly wanted. And then I did the work. And so every morning for me, it's all about taking inspired action and listening to my intuition. And so I would get up every morning. Um, not, I'm not a morning person, so it's not, I want to get, I'm not like four o'clock. You got to get up and do a five hour meditation. No way. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would get up and I would take about 15, 20 minutes and I would write in my journal all the things, um, that I was grateful for. This is a big thing is writing down all the things that I was already grateful for. And then I would read off my positive affirmations and 
these are just random affirmations. It doesn't have to, it had nothing to do with, you know, my physical experience or whatever it may be. It was just random affirmations that were positive. And I would do hold space for that. And then I would sit for five minutes and what I call um, listening to my intuition. And I would just try to be as silent as possible and see if I would get what I like to call some sort of download. Am I getting guided to do something or go somewhere or email somebody or talk to somebody or um, post something online? And so I would just listen for five minutes. And every single time I would listen, it would come up with something different. One of the things that would come up for me was like, go redo your LinkedIn page. And so I would go and I would go review my LinkedIn page and I would do that. This is when I'm looking you know, for some sort of work. Then they would, you know, and then I would go the next day and it'd be another something It'd be like, call this person. And I'm, you know, just something pop up in my head. And I'm like, I'm not calling them for what, but I would call them and then they would have a lead for some sort of, you know, money making or business idea, whatever it may be. You know, this is like what I was trying to manifest at the time. Um, And so that is just really taking a few minutes every day to listen to your intuition and that little part of you that guided or maybe it's praying. Maybe it's your praying and you're asking God for guidance. Whatever it is that you look up to, it's super important to take those just few minutes every day to really listen in. Thank you for sharing that process. That's going to be valuable for a lot of people. I picked up a couple of good things there as well. And for me, another thing is listening throughout the day because I don't know about you, but my spirit guidance doesn't work on my time schedule. It kind of comes <laughs> yes. in whenever it comes in. And it's really easy sometimes when I'm, when I'm, especially when I'm really busy doing something to go, Oh, whatever that idea is, I'll just do that later. And it's not an idea. It's like spirit knocking on the door going, Hello, I've got something for you. You know, now would be a really great time to call so and so. So I think I'm getting better at listening to those hints when I really feel strongly in the middle of the day that I need to call somebody dropping what I'm doing and calling them usually ends up in an important conversation or something coming through. Does it work like that for you as well? Yes, exactly. Always. As soon as I listen to my intuition and we know what it is, as soon as you can like, as soon as you kind of nail it in and you like can recognize the voice, right? Because it's a different voice than that negative self-talk. It's a different voice than those positive affirmations. It's, you know, it's like you said, like it's spirit guiding you and you can hear it. And as soon as you get it kind of tuned in, which takes a while, it takes that practice, it takes that listening throughout the day. And as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, I better turn around. I need to go to that gas station for some reason, you know, whatever or whatever yeah. it may be. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's something even crazier, like going to a foreign country or I mean, you know, we get all kinds of messages and it really is getting out of our own way, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, this I've, I'm really enjoying this visit. So tell me a little bit about your practice now. So you you coach other people in some of the things that we've been discussing, right? Yeah. So um, I have, so what I'm basically doing is like intuitive health and mindful living. And I focus specifically on um, emotional eating and negative self-talk, which really go hand in hand. And that's what I do in my own business. And then I work as a behavior change specialist for a company. And so I am basically surrounded by ch- behavior changing um, and helping other people change their own behavior by listening to themselves. Um, I always call what I do guidance. I never am going to tell someone they have to eat this or they have to do positive affirmations or they have to go and do five hours of yoga every day or whatever it is. 
I help people listen to their intuition and find their own voice so that they can heal themselves, that they can understand themselves, that they can change their own mindset because I won't always be around to help. And so it's really important in my practice. And what I really focus on is the client is the guide, the the person that I'm working with, they are their guide and they are the one that guide the conversation that guide, you know, any sort of calls that we have or messages or whatever it is. And I just am really good at asking the right questions. <laughs> well, and there it is again, sustainability. If we learn how to be our own coach, then then we're sustainable, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I do not want to be your coach forever. I don't right. want that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it is helpful to have someone help us reprogram some of those old tapes because, and you know, the older we get, the deeper those tapes run. And, and it's funny because if you add stress to the mix, so I've done so much work around my self-talk and, and some of the stories that I lived in for so many years and I've done, I've made great strides in changing them, but then there's that, that stressful, whatever that happens in life. And as soon as we're under stress, those old tapes come right back up. And so it's, it's actually getting it to a level where we can maintain our our positive programming through stress, through difficult times, through hardships and crises that come up. There's a lot of layers to this. Yes, I, I love that you bring that up because I, um, a friend of mine, she doesn't, I like, so I love um, like murder mysteries and, um, you know, any sort of like law and order, like those oh, me kind too. of shows, I just love them. <laughs> and my friend was like, how can you watch them? Don't they give you anxiety or like make you feel? And I'm like, you know what? It's a great way to practice your meditation and to practice your mindfulness and practice, you know, feeling calm in stressful situations because we can meditate all day in a silent room with no distractions. But as soon as you hop out into the real world, it is really hard to take those two things and put them together and be able to deal with these stressful situations and stressful things that happen in our life and unplanned whatever. If we're constantly, you know, keeping our um, practices at you know the same level. And so it's really important that we take whatever practice that we're doing and we put it into practice. We actually <laughs> put it into these stressful situations and we incorporate them into our daily lives because otherwise they don't do anything for us. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> well, do you have anything coming up that you'd like to let listeners know about? Any Anything specific that you've got? Maybe a date on the calendar, a workshop, a class, anything? I don't have um, a specific date, but I do have a course coming out. So my business is called Intuitively Well, and I've got a course called coming out called Intuitively You. And so it's about listening to our intuition and guiding ourselves, not only in our spiritual practices, but in our eating practices. And so we focus on learning how to eat from intuition. And so I've got that course coming out, but it won't be coming out until the beginning of the year. But I've got a Facebook group where I do a ton of videos and it's got all of my stuff all in there. And that Facebook group is called Intuitive Health and Mindful Living. Intuitive Health and Mindful Living on Facebook. I'll have to go and join that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us. What are you most looking forward to when you get back to Nicaragua? I am most looking forward to not being cold. <laughs> um, even though Florida isn't that cold, I'm not in the snow or anything, but I'm freezing. Um, and then, of course, seeing my husband and my daughter and being able to hug all of our animals. We have a ton of animals. And so it's really nice to go back to them and be able to see them all. 
Well, congratulations on manifesting a life of your dreams. You really are a bright light for us to see that that is possible. We can have these dreams and we can create vision boards and we can do the work, do the daily practices of bringing them into reality. And you show that very well. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a journey, right? You're, yeah. You're always on a journey. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to ask all of my guests if you have a parting thought that you'd like to leave listeners with today. Follow your intuition. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed visiting with you. And thank you for taking the time, especially on your vacation. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.